hopping on make sure that you share the broadcast comment tell us who you are where you're watching from so that way we can say hello to you we saw Kevin Nowicki saying good afternoon what's right family and Johnny like Johnny is always one of the first people on if he not is the first Johnny's person. on the spot whoa boo Pastor Nicole already said that. <laughs> Buddy's waving, and he's here in person because he and Serena live in North Carolina now. Right so the there, buddy. are here. Hi, Serena. They're right here. <laughs> um, howdy, Kevin. Signed, sincerely, Nicole, not Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Priscilla, front porch sitting and watching Lunch Plus. Awesome. Whoa. Pastor Nicole says, George is back. Howdy. Howdy, all my peoples. There's a lot of howdies happening. Howdy. Mr. Paul, hello. 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 Ollie is waving. Kevin, you're in Vermont today. What do you do for work that you are traveling all the time? You were in New Jersey last week. What you do? <laughs> well, it's good to have you. Make sure that you do share today's broadcast. It's going to be a great one. Yep. And as you are hopping on, we are going to play this or that. And it's not food related. Yes. None Whoa. of them are food yes. related today. I've grown. I've matured. It's not food today. <laughs> well, what I've seen is food derails us. My so fault. until we can get to the point where we can talk about food and not have it hijack, it's not food today. <laughs> so if we can put up our first this or that. Bum, bum, bum. Beach or mountains? Which do you like? Drop it in the comments. Beach, the beach or the mountains what is your favorite let us know right now so huh does it depend on what season i, I like in the winter do you really want to go it's to the mountains? a really simple question george you're, okay. you're over complicating it. mountains <laughs> one mountains <laughs> mountains so well look barrett disappeared rapture hi i'm here <laughs> i hope not i'm here i'm here i made it i made it that'd be bad <laughs> george yeah, it would <laughs> look, man they oh. answered quick wow no. it really does look like i got raptured Woo! i'm back See, I'm here. i know <laughs> they answered really quick oh here i can i can look i can get to the beginning oh kevin is ministering to loved ones he said oh that's oh. cool all right serena nice. said beach holly shaver said mountains johnny said mountains kevin mountains Natalie, mountains, Arabella, mountains, nice. Buddy, mountains, 
by picture. He didn't write it. He gave us a picture. Hieroglyphics are yeah, important. That specific mountain. Priscilla said, oh man, one. it just got real. Paul said beach. Nicole, of course, said beach. Also with tons of pictures. Arabella, George is back. Hi, Bells. <laughs> Buddy said mountains again. Abigail said beach. Priscilla said beach tents. You can't do that, Prill. Pick one. <laughs> yep. Got to pick one. I think that I am. You can't, Chris. You've got no, to pick sorry, one. Chris. Oh, man. Can I stay neutral on this one? I think that I am more of a beach person. I really like looking at mountains, but mm -hmm. as far as which I enjoy being at, I enjoy the beach. Because Maine doesn't really have beaches. So, But we've got tons of mountains, so I'm just it's making true. up for lost time. Marky's nodding her head in the sound booth because she knows. <laughs> Julie says beach. Okay. I feel like mountains have won, but the beach is coming in strong. It, it did make a comeback. It did. Okay. Next. I look like I've been at the beach. <laughs> okay. I have such a burn on, like, from my neck down, I have a burn. I have a burn up here. I, but it's nothing compared to Serena's burn. <laughs> this drive-in church has been interesting. <laughs> yes. So I noticed last Monday, I was like, <laughs> red face again this Monday. I didn't realize how much I got yesterday till this morning. Buddy I, and I were talking about that. I discovered I did not need to put on bronzer today. It's done. It's already done. I'm good to go. <laughs> no bronzer. So Serena. you were mountains. Yes, sir. And what were you? Beach. Beach. Which makes vacationing fun. <laughs> <laughs> There's a middle ground. And it's alternating it's, which one we're at. It's usually the beach. <laughs> but I would say I would say mountains and so Nicole's beach. So we're in the same boat. So <laughs> going back to Serena before we hop to our next one. Serena wore a shirt yesterday that tied like right around here, and so she has a burn. Like, on her <laughs> arm, but where it tied, it's not there. It's so great. It's one of my favorite things. Okay, this or that. Kevin's, are you a structure person, or are you a go-with-the-flow person? This or that. This one was for you, because I already knew your answer. <laughs> Clearly, I'm a go-with-the-flow. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Whatever. Clearly. I don't understand. Lying on live TV. Look at his Face yeah. I don't understand. George is a human lie detector. Like if he even starts to tell a story, it's like fruit red. But if I do it outside where I already turn red, I'm good. I'm a structure person. Yes, I am more of a go with the flow person. Yep. People are still in the mountain. All right, while they're answering, I'll I'll fill these in. So. Uh, my wife told Chris Griffin it's called Hawaii, which which would be her <gasps> real first choice. That would be great. Then Kevin said, As both. Maine, did you say Maine doesn't have beaches? Not really. Uh, beat, uh, Chris said, okay, beach. Sorry, mountains, I love you too. <laughs> Paul said, beach again by pitcher. And uh, Paul, I heard you and George got some work done today. Thank you so much for that. And I want to hear more job. about it. Yeah. Uh, my mom said... My mom said. Your mom. Your mom. Nicole said beach. I never would have guessed that because she knows. <laughs> and uh, there you go. Mark, Kevin said Rye Beach. Hello. That must be a beach in Maine or something. I mean, it might be. Where I lived in Maine, though, like I was as close to Canada as you could be without living in New Brunswick. So to get to the beach, it was like maybe a five or six hour trip, but it's rocky. Like it's not pretty sand. It's They're not... It's not nice beaches. It's not vacation beach. It's it's not. No. You're not going to go like camping on there. Not that camp at the beach, but it's not like you can just go barefoot. You're, yes. You've got to have water shoes. 
So Marquis yeah. says, go with the flow. Arabella says, go structure, mix them both. Mix them both. Okay. Really? Then Holly says, structure, Abigail, go with the flow. Buddy, go with the flow. My mom, go with the flow. Johnny, structure. Priscilla, I love structure, but am flexible. Uh, my wife, led by the Holy Spirit, but outside of that, structure for sure. <laughs> Serena, structure. Surprise. Paul, go with the flow. Kevin, flowing in the Holy Ghost. Chris, go with the flow. Mm -hmm. Natalie, structure. Marky says Maine's coast is rocky and it's too cold to go to the beach in Maine. Accurate. <laughs> Accurate. Now, I like structure in certain things, but as how I like to live, I prefer to go with the flow. Like in work things, I like a structure, but I'm more flowy. Which one are you? More flowy. Um, probably go with the flow, but that's... It, I have a blend of both because I think that the flow of the Holy Ghost is going to have you in structure at times. And so there's, it's hard for, that's a difficult one because I find myself in both and I'm not tied to either one. So it just depends. Now, if you're talking about structure and like a clean office, <laughs> that's not me. <laughs> That's not me. <laughs> Which is funny because Barrett likes structure in, her, yeah. in the office. She likes everything in their own little spot. But it, when she's relaxed, it's more of a flow. Yeah. I, I work that more. That was a very nice way of saying messy. Yeah. <laughs> that was a very That was like a structured way. structured way of saying messy. That was a loving husband response right there. <laughs> My mom says, blessed are the flexible for they shall be not be bent out of shape. <laughs> Pastor Gumby. Cole says, EO said she likes structure, but she has to be okay with go with the flow because of the family she lives in. That's true. That's true. Well, I think there's something to be said for that because a lot of times um, there's people that have to have things so structured and people are not structured. Right. And so when you're in ministry, if you think everybody everything's got to go a certain way, <laughs> <laughs> that ain't the way it works. And um, if you're not, you know, and so they will be very bad ministers, which is their yeah. responsibility, if they're not able to roll with it a little bit. And uh, so I think that that's, that's good. Now, Nicole does say, uh, and this is, seems to be scientific, but basically people that are uh, like more techie-minded, which I am, I think that way, uh, she says almost every one of their offices are messy. Absolutely. And, yeah, Absolutely. without question is Let's what go. she says. Yes, sir. I can vouch for that. Yeah. Any IT guy, any yeah. there and visits, you know where the stuff is, Yeah. and it's right in here. You know how it all works, but that's because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not here. That's that's true. I I literally have, I'll know, like if Nicole comes in, she's like cleaning up the office, I'll say, where was it? It was right here, and I know where everything is, but that's the way I function. It's easy, yeah, so... Barrett's turning into a tech person. <laughs> That's faith. Did I, did I do the, do I have the messy office first so you're believing the tech is coming after? Like, I'll just, is that a cause what, and effect situation? You did the, the answering of the tech question <laughs> yesterday. What did, what did you say, buddy? Uh, go with the flow. Go with the flow? Yeah. So, yeah. I need, I do well at, like I said, I do well at breaking new ground and causing a wake. 
Yep. And I need people to help me keep it clean. <laughs> That's my job. That's my job. My professional goal is to be the wake cleaner upper. That's true. So, do we have another one? We do. We have one more. Okay. Okay. Last this or that of the day. Which would you rather eat off of, of a regular basis? Would you rather... A regular basis. Regular basis, not like a f fancy special event. Would you rather regularly eat off of paper plates and have it be super casual? Or would you rather eat off of super fancy everything to the nines, fancy china, chargers, different forks? Like, which end of that spectrum do you live on? Wow. Yep. Because what I have learned is that... There are two different types of people, and those are it. <laughs> <laughs> I like the fancy when it's time for it, but if it's a everyday, um, <laughs> Nicole, my wife, fancy Chinette. <laughs> <laughs> True. Everyday would be paper plates for mm -hmm. sure. Absolutely. It's easier, easier to clean up. Yeah. Absolutely. Everybody's saying paper plates. Yep. Without hesitation. You guys are my people. That's what I'm hearing. John Napier, paper plates for me, fancy china for Rachel. John, congratulations on graduating Bible yeah, College. Man, that's awesome. That, that is nice. awesome. Praise God. That's yeah. so cool. That's great. Thanks for tagging me in that, too. That blessed me. Come on. Um, so everyone is saying paper plates. We're all family. I appreciate you. We can have dinner <laughs> on a regular basis. Now that that's ironed out. Except for Buddy. <laughs> Buddy and I cannot have dinner what together is what answer? it looks like. Paper plates. Paper plates. <laughs> Buddy yes, wants China. Because Did he? you can't cut steak on a paper plate. That's a valid point. It just depends on how many paper plates you have stacked up. I you mean, can get like three or four. If we're doing this outside, <laughs> we can just go straight hands. You can cut it on the on the heavier duty chinette, though. You can do that. I'm just taking your hand. I have an update for those of you that watched the broadcast like two weeks ago when we talked about how much I don't like eating with my hands. I've <laughs> eaten chicken wings with my hands yep. at least three times this past week. It's happened. I did not use a fork. I've grown. Wow. Yes. And twice I've been at your house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, let's see. Prill says that she uses regular plates when she makes steak. Um, and Pastor Nicole also <laughs> says that you can cut steak on Chinette. Lisa, mm -hmm. hi Lisa, we love hi, you. Hi Lisa. <laughs> Paul says he thought you just pick the steak up and eats it. That's what I just and said. And bite it. Yes, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. You know what I love I is I love that Lisa jumps <laughs> online simply to yeah. get on. She can't stay because she's at work, but she gets on and shares the broadcast just to help further yeah. the gospel That's and get so good great. news out to people. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. That's great. I love, I love our people that do stuff like that. So Wednesday Life Group, I love you. Right now, I need you to stop sending messages on your Life Group thread <laughs> because your messenger is popping up on my Facebook and it's slightly distracting because the monitor's right here. So if you could pause, that'd be awesome. <laughs> Take a little pause for the cause, please. You, all you have to do is make it not do that. I agreed. All I you just, have to do is turn the notifications off. I, I yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. But that's in the tech portion of the. I, I'm trying to esteem it and not turn it off because that's like group messages. <laughs> I, I didn't no. realize it until right now that I needed the notifications <laughs> to be off. Yeah, yeah, not the so. not the message, just the notification of it. But look what the pop up. You can have the pop up turned off because um, I don't have those because I would have them all the time. Uh, <laughs> look what John Napier wrote. 
Uh, That's funny. Ashley, Taylor, you're too embarrassed to give your opinion on these. That's so funny. John says, I meant to send you an invitation too, but it fell down be between the seats and I found it three days before graduation. Man. That's awesome. You Man. and my uncle missed out. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Taylor, that is so funny. That's funny. I really want to know your opinions now. I know, yeah. Taylor said, I'm too embarrassed to give my opinions on any of these. Hashtag weirdo. High class meals stress me out because I never do the right thing. I from the outside that. in, Taylor, that's all I know. From the outside in, you use those utensils from the outside in. That's how, that's the only thing I know. Sure. And yeah. and yep. don't pick the soup bowl up and drink out of it. But I still do. They frown on you if you do that. <laughs> I'll do it just to mess with people. I've done that at a restaurant. <laughs> We're sitting in a fancy thing. Everybody's trying to be all prim and proper. I'm like. <laughs> See, that's in the wheelhouse of what George would do. But when George and I go out to fancy dinners, he has this thing where it's not so much the dishes, but if there's an open flame on the table, George is going to catch something on fire during that the meal. Two times. Multiple times this Just has two happened. Times. Just two times. And he'll light his straw wrapper and wait for it to like smoke up and be like, Barrett, why'd you do that? Like this is this is what happens when we go to nice meals. I saw Lisa Honeycutt, Harley. Good to see y'all. Welcome. Amen. John says Paul sure has changed his looks. I know. <laughs> hey, so hear this. We want you to share the broadcast and uh, share the broadcast. Help help us out. Help us get the good news out there. We love you so very much. We're yeah. excited for you to be on the broadcast today. We're going to jump in. We've been talking about the man who would be king. And uh, I see it. I see the comment. Thank I you, know Pastor what you're Cole. laughing at. <laughs> My wife and her infatuation with fire. She and George could have fun it's at dinner together. <laughs> That's why we don't allow that to happen. Oh, she literally has gotten close to causing major problems in the in the past. Really? Major? Like she has an infatuation with fire. <laughs> I'd like that to be a broadcast. Just that. Like I'd I'd like to hear those stories. Really? I, I'd like to hear both of you tell those stories, but like with a wall in between you. <laughs> and, not, and not hear what one person says when the other person says it. <laughs> Should ask her about her toaster oven. Now, this wasn't her playing with fire. This was, I forget. It's, exactly. All I remember is this. Open the back door. <laughs> <laughs> Throw it out before the kitchen catches on fire. I am super excited to talk to you later. <laughs> Paul brings up a good point. <laughs> Look, she's, this is, see, this is the problem. No, I haven't started to cause fire. They were all semi-controlled burns. See, the way she plays it is the problem. She thinks she doesn't have an issue. She needs an intervention. Like, just, Nicole, deal in the fire of the Holy Ghost and leave real fired to somebody else. Oh, I think I have heard this story. Did you cook the marshmallows too long and they caught on fire? Is that what happened? <laughs> Paul, purifi yeah. purification happens with fire. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Well, <laughs> I'm just trying to 
discern how much I want to discern <laughs> to tell about Nicole at this moment. But anyway, she she has this thing. This is what he's saying. He says, me too. If you want things to work right, burn it. <laughs> if you want to retaliate against religious control, hit it with the fire. Anyway, back in my box. <laughs> my mom says, ask me about burning the Santa ornament when he was three. Oh, the fact that you were three doesn't make it as funny as if you were like 20. <laughs> <laughs> 20 would be a problem. <laughs> I don't so even remember that. You'll have to you'll have to tell the story. I have no recollection of that. So I I can neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> I caught socks on fire in the microwave. I was a child, but I did that because I thought it worked. Socks. I thought it Maine is cold. My feet were cold, <laughs> and I thought as a child that the microwave would work the same as the dryer in my basement, where sure. it was too cold to go. Right. It does not work the same, in case you're wondering, <laughs> and your socks will catch on fire if they're Paul, in there too long. Paul says, if you still have arm hair, the fire wasn't big enough. <laughs> now, the story that I do tell, tell regularly is when I tried to blow up the house, and that's a good one, but that was because the Lord got involved because I was going to kill us. <laughs> yeah. With, Truth. It's true. I didn't know it. I was pretty stupid and ignorant, but you were a kid, right? I would have been dead. Yeah, and my brothers and sisters, and yeah, it was bad. I would have blown the house up. So, Holly caught microwave pizza on fire. I feel like everyone's got a story like that. Like they put <laughs> a pop tart in too long, and it just. <laughs> I weapons are forged in a fire, like the one that uh, David had when he. You know, when he beat up Goliath, <laughs> took it. He okay, took a Pastor sword. Nicole, are you are you segueing right here? I'm trying real hard. I said about 30 <laughs> seconds on how to do that. That was that was a valid attempt, valiant effort. <laughs> Pastor Nicole says, I've never almost killed anyone. Just saying. <laughs> That's a matter of perspective. <laughs> Abby says, I feel like this puts a lot of perspective on my ignorant faults. <laughs> Whoa, oh, Paul said, I set my driveway on fire trying to redo a movie scene. How do you set your driveway you on fire? Which movie fire scene? Like that? I like that you immediately went to concern, and I'm like, cool, what movie was it? Like, which <laughs> one did you do? How? How did you do that? <laughs> Charlie, John said Charlie Rich called a country music award on fire. I bet that's embarrassing. This award's on fire. Nicole's Sorry. dress almost caught on fire at our wedding. That's a valid... Shane, who came to the drive-in church the other week, he saved our wedding. While we were praying, the candle started to fall out of its holster onto her dress, and he just ever so gracefully went up and and uh, fixed it. So we were very thankful. Go Behind military men. Stuff. Yeah. George almost it was caught turkey bacon on fire. <laughs> That's funny. Our apartment was smoked out when I got home. It's that true, it was. Yep. <laughs> hey, I, I walked we away from received the 100 messages. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> the trail of gas doesn't go slow like in the movies. <laughs> <It goes pretty laughs> fast. Which movie? That makes sense. Which movie was it? <laughs> That's my favorite comment so far. <laughs> oh, that was a good one. Good call, Chris. He said back to the back future. Back to the future. That would, that would have been awesome. That's one of my favorite scenes. Yes. Becca says that 
Oh, Becca. I caught cookies on fire in the oven and tried to put it out with water. Praise God for Jade Stallings. Jade Stallings rescued me by yelling no, since it was an electrical oven. <laughs> Amen. I'm so glad you're alive. Jade, thank you thank for you, protecting Rebecca Beard. That's so great. <laughs> Pastor Nicole says that her wedding song is, This Girl is on Fire. <laughs> and John says the key use, or they use kerosene in the movies. Yep. Really? Is that what makes it go slower? I didn't know that. It's an oil. We should try Abigail. it. It's more of an oil-based. Your daughter in the back says, we should try it. Guess who she gets that from? <laughs> Pastor Nicole. Yeah. <laughs> what was that? She said, Priscilla said, I set my oven on fire. My husband set the porch on fire and burned down the outbuilding. Joe hasn't started any fires yet. That's good. That's let's, good. Let's, let's not go any further. Nope. Yep, that's as much as your track <laughs> record needs to be. Right there. Amen. So today, let's jump in now. We're going to be in 1 Samuel 23. We've been talking about the man who would be king. And uh, we've been talking about Samuel the prophet, yeah. King Saul, and King David. And uh, we talked about King David when he was a shepherd boy. Uh, we talked about now where he's in the wilderness, and eventually we'll talk about him, uh, the man who would be king on the throne. And uh, one of the things that just happened is David goes into some priest and he asks for some bread, and that's in uh, chapter 21. And then in chapter 22, you see uh, that also uh, the priest gave him the sword of Goliath. And then you see in chapter uh, 22 that Saul comes in and because the priest helped David, he kills the priest. Yeah. And that's what we were talking about last week. And so now uh, David has escaped out of that area. But let's look at chapter 23 and verse 1. Uh, it's where David delivers uh, Keilah, I believe is how you say it. It says, Then they told David, saying, Behold, the Philistines are fighting against Keilah and are plundering the threshing floors. So the Philistines were coming in. They were taking away uh, their ability to make money and to have a livelihood and uh, killing people. Verse 2, So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go and attack these Philistines? And the Lord said to David, Go and attack the Philistines and deliver Keilah. And so one of the things that we're looking at in this series, the man who would be king, the man who would be an actual king, the man who would be a leader, uh, maybe a president or of a country, a president of a company, a CEO, it could be a supervisor of a shift, it could be a servant leader, it could be anybody in the, in the kingdom of God, in the family of God. We're all called to disciple people. So that yeah. means we need to be leaders. Yep. And, uh, but it could also be ministers. It could be just a Sunday school leader. It could be an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. And so we're looking at the qualities 
of bad leaders and the qualities of good leaders because if we don't study to show ourselves approved, then we'll, we'll just stay at a standard place. We want to move above that. We want to grow and not uh, everything in the kingdom of God is based on an increase. Right. Jesus, Luke 2.52, Jesus kept increasing in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. This was his nature. Even though he was the son of God, he knew that the proper thing to do was to keep increasing. Uh, Paul says it over in the New Testament. He says, I keep increasing. And uh, so it's one of those things where we want to see increase. Again, in the parable of the talents, uh, Jesus says this. In the parable of the talents, or Jesus through the word, uh, basically says, look, you need to make sure that you are not burying what you have. You're not burying the talents. You're not burying those things. We're supposed to increase. We're supposed to always be growing. Our faith should be growing. Our hope should be growing. Our love walk should be growing in that way. Take what we have and apply it. And so we're looking at that. How do we increase uh, with uh, God? Well, God makes grace available, supernatural power to take us to new places. So let's look here at this. Now, what I love that you see right off the bat is this, and you're going to see this again in a minute, how important it is. So David inquired of the Lord. He didn't just go do something. Right. <laughs> he didn't just go do what he thought he should do. He asked the Lord, what do you want me to do? This is so important in somebody who would be a leader or just being successful in our lives is to inquire of the Lord. And I want you to see, he asked the question because he has a history of a relationship with God. It's, in other words, he's not going to the Lord saying, well, maybe he'll answer, maybe he right. won't know. He, he knows God's probably going to give me an answer, so I'm going to go inquire. And sure enough, their relationship is so strong that he literally hears from the Lord, go and attack the Philistines yeah. and deliver Keilah. So how important is it for a leader to inquire of the Lord? Huge. Yeah. But I can tell you, you know, when I first started moving into ministry and being around ministers, very few would actually inquire right. of the Lord. I was literally in a meeting one day. There were all uh, spiritual leaders of, of an area, and I was sitting there, and they were facing, there was one topic that kept coming up, and it had been coming up for like a year and a half. And I just, you know, I'm the young guy there. I don't want to open my mouth. I, I'm trying to be quiet. I, I really did try. And, but I was like, I'd had enough. Like, why are we keep, why do we keep talking about this same thing? Let's get to a solution and get it off the table. And um, so what they did, I said, hey guys, you know, I know the Lord's got wisdom on this. The Lord has wisdom on this. Yeah. Let us just, let, why don't we just stop right here? Let's pray, yeah. hear from God. If we yeah. lack wisdom, he will give us wisdom and uh, they all laughed and never prayed. Wow. And I went, okay. And that was when I felt my time coming to an end in that little gathering. But uh, because yeah. what are we doing? If you were a leader, no wonder the people had been suffering because we needed to be at the place where we inquire of the Lord and our relationship is that strong. Right. 
So there, I think a lot of times we don't ask. We just go do what we feel, and that's a recipe to live in, in the fruit of a corrupted thinking and a corrupted life if we just do what we feel. Yeah. So just put it in the comments right now. Just, just say, I will inquire of the Lord. I will inquire of the Lord. Yeah. Amen. Well, I think one of the reasons that not the only reason, obviously, but I think one of the reasons that people don't do it as much is because they don't believe that they can hear back from yes. the Lord. Yeah. So I know for me, when I moved here and really started understanding, seeking, leading, and following the Holy Spirit, part of me felt intimidated by that because it's, I'm supposed to talk to him about everything. I don't make my decisions. Like I have to hear right. from him for everything. Right. And that intimacy intimidated me because I didn't think that I could actually operate in it. But you've said it so many times. The intimacy with the Lord is spirit-led worship, spirit-led word, yeah. spirit-led prayer. It's that time with him. And the more you spend time with him, the more you learn what his voice sounds like. Yeah. It's not difficult. It's learning. You move at the peace of God. You yeah. start to understand what him talking to you sounds like because it could be different for different people. Yes. You hear differently than I do, than George does, but he communicates personally to each of us as we seek him. In the way that we'll understand. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's meets not us, complicated. Well, he just meets us where we're at. Yes. In yeah. ways that we'll understand, that each yeah. person will understand. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, one of the times, so a lot of times I think, I believe that people will actually sit there and go, well, what do you mean he, he said that to you? He talked right. to you. What does that sound like? Well, basically what you'll find in the Word is that the Lord speaks in three different ways. Uh, he'll speak in uh, a, literally an audible voice. Uh, I would say that's the most rare. Uh, that's the most rare, but you see him even doing that when he spoke from heaven, when Jesus had baptized and he says, this is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. And uh, so you literally, people heard an audible voice of God. Now, some people, all they heard was thunder. In other words, they, they, their, I would say it like this, for the most part, their spiritual maturity had not grown to the place where they discerned what God was saying. But other per people heard it very clear uh, that it was God speaking, this is my beloved son right. in whom I'm well pleased. Very yeah. specific words. Uh, the second way, and this happens more often, uh, is where you have uh, the inward voice. Yeah. The inward voice. And this is what, like I did yesterday when I said I woke up that morning, I heard the Lord say, uh, it's time for an awakening. That's what I heard. Specific, here's the key, specific words in my spirit, in the inner man, in the inward man. Specific words. And a lot of times I've found that although you don't hear them audibly in your spirit, it almost feels like they boom yeah. at times. It's like, wow, okay, yeah. all right, that, you know, you'll hear those specific words. The third way is the inner witness. And uh, that is the way that I've found that the Lord speaks the most. So I don't know if you were watching last week, but uh, one of the things that uh, happened last week was I was sitting here on the broadcast and the Lord spoke to me. But how he spoke to me was not, uh, is my mic messing up? Well, let's just fix that. Is that better? All right. So one of the things that uh, happened was 
uh, in the inner, inner witness, inward witness, what you have is a leaning to the left or yep. to the right, to a yes or yep. to a no. You have yep. that inward uh, witness of, hey, this is what I need to do. So if you were watching that broadcast, I literally stopped and I said, okay, Lord, yes, you know, I know what I need to do. So, you know, and I'll, I'll even tell you what he told me to do. We were talking about thinking bigger that day, and sometimes a good thing to do to think bigger is uh, we can start thinking bigger in spiritual things simply by thinking bigger also in physical things, right. uh, yeah. kind of like commit your works that your thoughts might be established. And so what you see is I found that at one point the Lord had me early on when I was a lot younger, when I was around you know 20, um, one of the things that he would do, I would go to car lots, I'd test drive nice cars, I would go look at houses, you know, where they were getting ready to build a new house, I'd walk through it, see the layout, stuff like that. That would cause me, and I did that for business purposes, I wanted to dream, I wanted to get out there. Mm -hmm. And so the Lord had literally, over the last few months, had been telling me, it's time that Nicole and I, you know, start thinking about a car and, and getting a new car and stuff like that. I know that because he's been talking to me about it. Well, he told me several months ago to go and test drive some cars. Go see them. Go smell them. Smell that. You know, start thinking bigger, dreaming bigger. Let the Lord speak to you and talk to you about it. And so basically while I was sitting here, he corrected me and he said, basically in the inner witness, he let me know he did not speak words, but I knew instantly what that was. Uh, I knew that he was he was saying, you need to go do that. Stop messing around. Stop putting it off. Yeah. Go test drive some cars. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. I'm, and that's why I apologize. I said, Lord, I repent. I'll go do that. So, uh, Serena, I see uh, your mom, Randy, just joined on. Hi, Miss Randy. Hello. Good to see you. And uh, so... Anyway, I was what he he did not speak words to me. I just instantly had a knowing because I recognized the voice or the leading of the Holy Spirit. I knew he was correcting me and said, "You're talking about thinking bigger, but you need to go do it." And so many times, what needs to happen is uh, we need to hear that voice and inquire of the Lord. And if we're in relationship with the Lord, He'll speak to you even in the middle of a broadcast. Yeah. But those were not specific words. That was the inward witness. Remember, it's the still, small voice. And there was all this other stuff going on. But he was in that still, small voice. And many times, that's how he'll lead. And so one of the keys to it that I found is as you pray in the Spirit, pray in tongues, when you pray in tongues, you literally have a connection to the Holy Spirit right. that's now uh, relating to uh, your spirit. And that's what we see in Romans 8. And when you see that, then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit, he, he will witness with your spirit the next syllable to say, yeah. the next syllable, the next word to say. You start to learn what that feels like, what the sense of it is in, in the spirit. And you'll recognize that. And so then when he talks to you and he talks to your spirit, yep. you'll recognize that. And you'll be like, oh, that was the Holy Ghost just talking yeah. to me. And that's, you know, but what I found was even many ministers, they ought, have not been living that way. They haven't inquired of the Lord. And no wonder the people think it's weird today. But our relationship with God should, yeah. should be so real that we, we actually have that happen yep. on a regular yep. basis. So I don't know what John wrote there. What? One of the best things I've learned from you, you was we were at lunch and you were telling me how you asked the Holy Spirit to help you win soccer game. 
<laughs> I yeah. was like, I guess I can ask him for things outside of the kingdom, per se. This helped me a lot in a lot of areas. Glory to God. That's awesome. Yeah, I remember that conversation. Yeah, because we were losing badly, <laughs> and I needed some help. I said, Lord, give me a plan on how to win. And the next year, uh, we got second place in the whole tournament, and we had lost every game the year before. But not only did we, you have to understand who we got second place to. I mean, in almost everybody's eyes there, we won that game because that team beat everybody over a score of 10 every game, and they won in the last five minutes three to two. Uh, and we had, and they were all big. I mean, like double the size of some of my players. We had a small team. They had a huge team. They were mostly guys, and we had a, a like 50-50 mixture. Mm -hmm. And we played them hard, and I saw fear on their face, <laughs> and I liked it. <laughs> I mean, I don't spread fear, but they had not been in that position before. We gave them, we were like, you got a chance of losing here because we're playing hard. They revered you differently. <laughs> they did. <laughs> they did. The coach came up. He was like, that was well played. Oh, my goodness, there goes the room, Stephen. Philip Hurlburt. Evangelist Steven. Oh, boy. <laughs> the evangelist. Love you, man. Look who I got You're with okay. me. You're okay. You're okay. I got George, Steven, and I got Barrett. <laughs> He's only saying it that way because you're here. He he wouldn't say it that way unless your influence was causing it. I was, you. I was, I showed pictures to the leadership team yesterday of some of the pictures in Nigeria where we were able to baptize uh, Pastor Amos. That was awesome. And uh, also showed the one where you had Chia here. But, um, I mean, did I do that? Did I say that out loud? I don't think that happened. Anyway, love you, brother. Um, <laughs> John says, my man. My man. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Abigail had to put, point that out. Listen, they were big middle schoolers. <laughs> she, said, she said, I saw the fear on the faces, and I liked it. She was like, they were middle schoolers. <laughs> They were eighth graders, and they were growing beards. And they I were, had fifth grade they girls. They were Norwegians. My fifth grade girls put fear on those eighth grade boys. That's what I like. They're the ones that had been <laughs> held back like five times to make it a ringer team. That's what it was. This is no joke. <laughs> this, this is no joke. They, I mean, we'd already played them like three times that year. They beat us like 10 to 1, 10 to 12 to nothing. And uh, so, but the Lord gave me wisdom. He showed me what to do. Yeah. And uh, one of the things, literally no, no exaggeration at all, the first day we got there to play this team, um, how, the, one of the kids gets out on the field. And the first thing I'm doing, I'm like, these cannot be middle schoolers. No way, they are. I mean, they were big, but it was a it was an international school. Like all the all the uh, people with money yeah. sent their kids to this school, so they they were you know cream of the crop. And so this one kid goes up and he kicks the ball from one end of the field to the other. I mean, nails it. I could. I don't know that I could have kicked it that hard. And I went. Oh, my gracious. I hope my kids didn't see that. It I came to play soccer. Yes. <laughs> What's like that? I was like, oh, oh, no. Oh, no. And uh, then they crushed us. So they thought they had that game won, but the Lord had given us a strategy. So, And uh, it was that was literally a Cinderella moment. And our team 
legitimately acted like they won that game, and the other team walked off the field like they lost it yeah. because it was such a big upset. Even though they won, it was an upset. So, anyway, I don't know. Uh, no, that doesn't work, Stephen. You can't have a word. <laughs> Only if you come on here and sing it with your <laughs> come instruments. And sing it. I know what he's going to do. He's going <laughs> to put a sun up. I have a word for you. <laughs> Amen. Instigator. He he's an instigator. Mm -hmm. Just one true. word. Okay, so let's read. Go ahead. You read uh, verse three. <laughs> But David's men said to him. <laughs> Sunscreen. Dude. That's my word. <laughs> Last Monday and this Monday, it's been bright up in here at Drive-In Church. Up in her. <laughs> up in her. All right. Abby, I'm glad you were pleased. Oh, he did put the sun. Look at that. I know. <laughs> we had a joke. But David's men said to him, Behold, we are afraid here in Judah. How much more then if we go to Keilah against the ranks of the Philistines? Then David inquired of the Lord once more, and the Lord answered him and said, Arise, go down to Keilah, for I will give the Philistines into your hand. So now think about that. How much confidence does he have now that the Lord has spoken yeah. to him? And so one of the things, when people are, um, amen, Stephen said you watch. I'm assuming he's talking about the drive-in. They've been great. They have been good. The Lord's been blessing. Um, Think about this. When I, when I give marriage counseling advice, one of the first things that I'll tell them is, look, you need to go to the Lord, and you need to hear from God himself that this is the person for you. You know, I told you guys that. Like, you don't need what I say. You don't need what yeah. you say or you feel. You yeah. need to hear from God. Because when you hear from the Lord, that will give you a resolve when things get tough, if they get tough. That will give you a resolve. Well, think about this. How much confidence do they have knowing that God Almighty told them to go? So a lot of times people don't have the strength to go through something because they've not inquired of the Lord and, and stopped and waited. But a great leader knows that they should inquire of the Lord. And a great leader has a relationship where they trust that the Lord's yep. going to answer them. And a great leader will take resolve inside yeah. of them because they've inquired of the Lord. Yeah. And they've heard. And they know that they know that they know this is what they're supposed yeah. to be doing. So. Well, and the tail end of, of what the Lord told him was that he was going to deliver the Philistines into his hand. You know, yeah. He knew the outcome as he went into battle. They're like, it's already done. He already knew which way it was going to go. And as believers, when we get a hold of the fact that the Lord is always leading us to triumph yes. in every place, no matter what the Lord leads us to do, he's leading us to triumph. We will yes. conquer wherever he's calling us. It's a done deal in the same way. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like um, I need to share with you what what that feels like when the Lord says those things. So a lot of people, they're waiting on the voice from heaven, which is yeah. not the main way that the Lord, the main way is that the Holy Spirit will witness with our spirit. Yeah. So in Romans 8, it says that, that he will witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And so that's the way that, hap that he talks to us in most cases. So for instance, I had a situation one time where, uh, I was asking the Lord a question about tithing in the church um, because should the church tithe? 
And we had seen some other people do it. We'd seen other people not do it. As far as I can find, still to this day, there's not a direct scripture that shows me with direct context a church should tithe. What you see is you see individuals tithing, stuff like that. But we were asking because we have the heart of a giver and we wanted to be givers. And so we... our finances, they seem to be off. And we're like, something's not right. And I said, look, until we solve this, just just wait. We need to hear from the Lord. We yeah. need to inquire from the yep. Lord. And we need to give with some resolve. Yeah. And so we had been praying this out as a leadership team. And uh, so, but what you do see is a heart to give. You see, uh, one of the things that you see is you see that the people would bring an offering. That offering would go to all of the priest, and then all of the priest would then tithe to the high priest. Uh, but then you see that we tithe to the storehouse. Uh, you see these different areas. You tithe uh, in the place where you're planted, where you're being fed at as well. So you see these concepts around the tithe. Ultimately, it needs to go to the place for individuals. It's yeah. very clear. Yeah. Where you go to church at, that's where the tithe goes, yeah. uh, and that's the storehouse. But one of the things that you see is that, uh, all right, should the church itself do it? Right. You know, If it comes in and if it's profit in individuals' Uh, lives, they should then tithe off of that. But should the church itself, the organization tithe? So that was the question that we were asking. And so I had had a situation not long after that where we had a couple that had been very important to the church uh, that left the church. And uh, they went to do some ministry and stuff, but man, they they were a big resource. They did a lot of work. They were givers. They, you know, they seemed to have the heart of the ministry, and they were friends, you know. And I, and I said, Lord, I said, why, why didn't you tell me about that? And I was, I was out of town. I was getting ready that day, and I was just talking to the Lord, praying in the Holy Ghost. But I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, why didn't you tell me about that, that they were going to be leaving? And he said, I did. And I'm like, wait a minute. You did? He said, yeah. He said, I wrote that in your heart a year ago. He said, you just did not want to believe that they were disconnected. Hmm. And I went, you're "You're exactly right. I know when I felt it. I said, what I was trying to do was just, I was trying to believe the best because love believes the best. I was trying to believe the best, but what I didn't realize is, Love believes the best of what God says, too. And he, it was him talking yeah. to me, not just a negative thought. That He was telling me where they were at. He was, he was showing me, pastor, as the leader, he was showing me what was going on and what yeah. was happening. But I had kind of ignored it. I would pushed it away. He said, he said, I wrote it in your heart. You knew the whole time. Mm-hmm. And I said, I did know the whole time. Mm-hmm. He said, and then he said this to me directly. He said, that was me talking to you. I said, oh, okay. And then I saw, like, Brother Hagen's book yeah. on how to be led by the Spirit Powerful of God. Book. I saw exactly, you know, what he was talking about. And Buddy just wrote a book on being led as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, do you have a copy of it here? Uh, no. I don't think we have one back there. Anyway, he can put the link up. He, he just wrote a book on how to be led. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. I saw the chapters. It looks awesome. And uh, so anyway... I said, he said, that was me talking to you when he just put it on my heart. Yeah. He said at the same in, next sentence, 
And that's how you know that Boomerang is supposed to tithe because you already have it in your heart. And what I've written on your heart there was me already giving you a resolve. And now you have a resolve to give, but I've already given you the confirmation written in your heart. So now we weren't giving based off of somebody else's word. So you could get a word from God and that's for you. But I, right. I don't need to just do that because you do it. I need to hear that for myself. I need to have, a, if it is the same, I need to have a personal confirmation before I jump off and, and go do that thing. And so he just wrote it in my heart and he was letting me know the Holy Spirit was witnessing to my spirit that whole time. There you go, buddy, put up uh, the, the link for it. So grab the book, God's Divine Direction. It's awesome. So anyway... This is how God will speak to you. So if you have questions about that, drop them in the comments and uh, let, us, let us know about that. But we need as leaders to inquire of God and hear from him and not be, uh, not be people that are just blindly going through life. That's not God's plan. No. He can see it all. He knows where everything's going. And his heart is to give you a future and a hope, not to let you just find it all by yourself. Yeah. That's yeah. not what any loving father would do, no. and God doesn't want to either. Yeah. So. Well, and you don't, as you're figuring out, like, let's say that you're brand new, and even if you're not brand new, let's say that you're learning how to hear from the Lord, check what you're hearing with your shepherd. You know, that's yeah. why you have a pastor. There are so many times where I thought I was hearing from the Lord, and Barrett's voice was just really good at sounding kind of like the Lord. Right. <laughs> and it was me, and it wasn't the Lord. And you were able, because you have such an intimacy with God, you were able to hear it and be like, mm, no, that, that wasn't Holy yeah. Spirit. That was you. And so they're just a great resource. If you have questions, ask. Yeah, many times, many times I'll know somebody will come and say, hey, God said this to me. And as soon as they say it, I'll say, that's the Lord. Or I'll say, I'll think, no, that's not the Lord. But many times they're not asking, they're telling me. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we have a statement that we'll say around here. It's like, ask, ask don't, don't tell. tell. Yeah. Right. So you should ask. And you, when you go to your leadership, don't tell them what God said to you. Understand in some humility that you think that God said it to you, and I believe I've heard this, but pastor, what do you think? Because that's why they're there. They've generally had more experience. They've, they've seen it. They should be in an intimacy with God, talking to him on a regular basis if they're doing what they should be doing as a leader, as a pastor. And so don't just go tell, well, God said to do this. I can't do anything with that. You tell no. me God told you to do something. I'm not going to get in the way of that because yeah. anything I say contrary to it, even if I think it's not God, you're going to then say I'm not listening to God. Now I'm missing it, and that causes a division because of the humility on the person. So there's a great resource in a pastor if people would use it in that way. Well, that's like even when you were telling your story or the testimony last week about moving to Texas, you know, pastor knew pretty much the whole time that we weren't supposed to go, but you needed to ask instead of telling him what you thought. And when you did, he was able to share that. Right. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. And when it was the humility of going, okay, well, is this or isn't this instead of saying, yeah. this is what we're going to do. Yeah. Well, and the why, okay, why should a person, why should a person then humble themselves to another man or another person? Why should they do that? Well, because it's God's design. It's not man's yeah. design. It's God's design. 
he has put people that are above. Remember, it says pray for those who have leadership yeah. above you who are lead. By that statement right there, you see that there is a rank structure even in the world, but there's also a rank structure in spiritual things, you know, that have charge over you, over you. This is God's words. This holy. There's a lot of people would say, well, it's all even at the cross. It is. It's all even. We all were sinners at the cross. Beyond the cross, it's not even. There's a rank structure in that. And so you, you have to put on humility yourself. And why would you do that? One, because it's God's way. It's the, it's the design of the kingdom of God. Two, he's already made us a promise. Humility is like God. So when you put on humility, you're being like Jesus who humbled himself, left godliness and the throne, and humbled himself to become a man, and even humbled himself to the point of death on the cross. So one of the things that happens is he's already made us this promise in James 4 and in 1 Peter 5 that when we submit ourselves... And we humble ourselves to God and his ways, which is also his rank structure in the kingdom and the people in that rank structure, then you will receive grace and greater grace. So when somebody says, oh, I need to go humble myself to my pastor, immediately grace from heaven is given through that pastor and is poured out into your life. Well, that just Mm -hmm. makes me want to ask all the time. It makes me want to go and ask questions. It makes me want to draw. Hey, what do you think about this? You got any any ideas? And I've found some leaders, they're not like that. They'll just be like, what do you mean? You know, hear from God yourself. Some some leaders are like that. Um, I'm... Me, if you come asking, I want to give it to you. That's a part of my pastor's heart. I want to give it to you in that way, and I will not hold it back. But if you don't come ask, I can't because then it puts me in the position where I'm force-feeding it Mm -hmm. into your life. And, and that's a bad recipe every time. I don't need to force feed it as a leader. Bad leaders force feed people. Good leaders wait until that person comes to them. If you look at the life of Jesus in the gospel, you'll see that every person that received from Jesus in some way humbled themselves and came to him. Every yeah. single one of them. So what Jade saying, buddy? Jade said that the mind can be deceived into brushing off Holy Spirit or tuning it out completely because it's not what you want to hear. Exactly. We have biases in our life, and in uh, Jeremiah 24-7 and Jeremiah 29-11 through the beginning of 14, you see that as we seek God with all of our heart, somebody put that in the comments, Jeremiah 24-7 and Jeremiah 29-11 through 14, when we seek him with all of our heart, he will be found by us. Yes. He said, I will be found by you. He makes us. In other words, God's ways, his purposes, his plans will be found when we have no bias, but we're completely open-hearted. In other words, I'm good if you say yes. I'm good if you say no. I'm good yes. if you say blue. I'm good if you say red. I don't care what you say. I just want to hear from you, Father. All of a sudden, we can directly hear Uh, from the Father, and many times people are not hearing from God because they're carrying a bias in the question, just like what Jade was saying. All right, Buddy, what do you say? Buddy put up Hebrews 13, 7, that says, Have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, (laughs) for that would be of no benefit to you. 
So in other words, that verse, which is a great verse, is one that I was referring to as well, is that verse basically says, when you submit to your leader, your life will be a joy yeah. and, it, and it will be a benefit. But when you do not submit to your leaders, it will not be a joy and it will not be a benefit. And one of the major key points of the whole thing is you have leaders. <laughs> it's not all equal after the cross. You can even see that in 2 Corinthians 9.10 where it says uh, that we can increase the harvest of our righteousness. Yeah. So increase the harvest of our righteousness. Yeah. Not everybody has the same increase. Amen. Well, and you were talking earlier about how we're designed to always increase. So as we, you know, as you grow in intimacy with the Lord, you're not going to necessarily need to ask your leaders those same questions. Like, I don't call you and ask, what should I have for breakfast today? Or sure. what kind yeah. of shirt should I wear? But because I've learned to hear those sorts of things, but the type, I still ask you, like, is this the Lord or is this not the Lord? Because while I've learned his voice, I don't want to miss it. Yes. And the one input you have can take it higher you have a will you tell the story about when you asked pastor gene that one thing and yeah. it, you know what i mean and it took it to a different place well there's see if you're open to actually humbling yourself to a leader then you will be open when the holy spirit tells you you should go talk to pastor about that so many times people are not open to humbling themselves so they don't hear when they feel that inward witness and nudge to go ask the leader. So their heart is not, it's biased against yep. humbling themselves to the leader or recognize, okay, this person's a leader over yeah. my life. And so they don't actually hear to go and do that. So many times, uh, many times there's people that will, uh, not come ask anything. They go buy a car. They go uh, start a new job. They move houses. They, they'll do. I've seen major, major things that people do, and I, I, they show up and they got a new car. Well, here's the issue. I can't tell you how many times where right at that moment I actually knew of a better deal, and I'm not in the car business, but God highlighted it to me so that it would be in my memory, and it was for them, mm -hmm. but because they didn't ask. There wasn't any, anything there. Yeah. So if we're slanted or biased against that, then we'll miss that. So in this situation, I'd learned this principle. I'd learned that a pastor carries a blessing. And I had learned that, you know, I need to ask. I need yeah. to humble myself yeah. to my leadership. Yeah. And he's my leader. And so I said, I went and I said, Pastor uh, Gene, I think that I have heard from the Lord here on this situation. I felt very confident I'd heard from the Lord. So this was not me second guessing what I was thinking. I was just being in humility. I believe I've heard from the Lord here. I think I've heard it right. But before I make any moves, I want to bring it to you to make sure that you have the same witness. Otherwise, I need to back off of this. And uh, I wanted to see what you had to say. In two minutes, he asked me a question or two. In two minutes, and my, in, my output in that situation yeah. uh, went up one and a half times above what it was yeah. simply because, of, in other words, what happened? I was open to humbling myself. Grace and greater grace was made available. 
I went to my leader, and he wasn't thinking about what I was going to ask him before that, but when I asked him, the grace of, and supernatural grace of heaven and wisdom of heaven came down, came into my life, and now I received the benefit of it simply by making a two-minute phone call yeah. because I humbled myself. So a lot of times, you know, no, you shouldn't ask me what you're going to eat every single morning. That would be crazy. And there was a thing called the shepherding movement that got very off with that. Yeah. And it was, you know, I mean, people got in that way. Remember that the walk with God is never meant to be just a legalistic step-by-step uh, -step walk. It's always designed to be a flow. It's designed to be a flow. And I can, I can talk more about leading with that because he corrected me on that at some point. But there is that there is something special when we get to the place where we humble ourselves and we just say, hey, pastor may know something about this. And, and sometimes I don't, but many times I do. I've had people come and say, oh, I did this. And I'm thinking, that's not the right place. That's not the right thing. But they didn't ask. Yeah. And, and they didn't ask. I would just know it right then. If I would have told them, I'd be force-feeding. The only way they can get that information is if they decide, I'm going to humble myself to my leadership. Yeah. You know, do you have any input on this, Pastor? Yeah, I do, actually. Yeah. You know, and, and here's this and here's that. And I'll, I'm, I'll freely give it if the person yeah. wants it. But if they don't want it, that'd be like you know, me having a restaurant and chasing somebody down on the street and shoving a burger down yeah. their throat. I'm going to get arrested. And that's a, a good pastor, a good leader understands that. And they're not just trying to force feed everybody. I have something, but do you have something? Yeah. Go. Well, a lot of times, too, it's that people can come through, and I was like this, was I need to ask you for approval to do this. Mm -hmm. it's, right. But it's not approval. It's I see this much. You know, the person that's over you sees a lot more. Yeah. And so it's yeah. what am I missing? Am I missing anything? Should I even be doing this and not... Why do I have to ask the pastor for permission if I can do this? It's not that at all. It's no, not at all. It's, it's a confirmation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's, yeah. it, you utilize it as, I think I'm hearing this this direction. Pastor, do you, are you seeing this the same yeah. way? Yes, I am. That's yeah. confirmation. Now you're growing in your personal walk with yeah. God. Yeah. And so it's very important for us to understand. It's got nothing to do with approval. You've nope. got every right to make every choice you want to, and I'll let you. Yeah. Because God lets me. Exactly. God, and that's where I got it from. I'm yeah. like, and the Lord asked me that one time. He says, how many things will I let you do? I was like, you'll let me do everything I want to do. Yeah. Good or bad, you'll let me. He said, yeah. He said, I'll let you do it. But the moment you turn to me yeah. and ask, I'm there to answer you. Mm -hmm. yeah. He said, the question is, do you want to ask me? Like a good leader, you know, do you, like a good neighbor of State Farm, like a good leader does, they inquire of the Lord. Yeah. How many people are, this is what I'm saying, we need to be more in the habit of inquiring of the Lord, and part of our inquiry to the Lord mm -hmm. is inquiring of our leaders, because that's how anointing passes. Yeah. From the head, Jesus, to the beard, the elders and leadership in our lives, to all the fringes of the robe, which means to every part of your life. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's got nothing to do with approval. It's got to do with, I want to help, God wants yeah. to help. The question is, do we want the help? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or do we want to prove how spiritually mature we are? Yeah. Yeah. Well, when you were in Africa, um, just a, a kind of an example of 
walking this out. George and I, I had been on Facebook and I saw like a house listing and I've, we've, we've seen different things, but we've never had leading to go look at a house. Well, I saw this house listing and I showed it to George and I, I thought I had leading to look at it. And George, um, was praying on it too. And we went to pastor Nicole because you were out of town. Um, and asked if she had peace on us going to see it or if we should right. drop it. Mm-hmm. And so she she told us um, that she thought it would be fine. We talked to Sharon, who's here and does realty stuff. Um, and then when it came up for us to go, we checked with her again. Okay, mm-hmm. do, do you still think it's fine before we go? Because yeah. this is a big thing. Like, it's not like we're going to go buy a Barbie dream house. Like, it's a house is a big deal. So we went yes. and we looked and we toured it. It's the first house we've ever looked at. And we walked away, and we had a great conversation about it, and we went back to Pastor Nicole that night, but then again the next day, and we're like, mm-hmm. okay, here's facts, here's what we've looked at, here's what we've liked and don't liked, but we don't have peace on the house, but you told us that it was okay for us to go look at it. Do you know why the Lord yeah. said that it was fine for That's us to do That's a great that? approach and question. And she came back and she told us, basically, she thought that it was whenever you two start to get on the same page with stuff, typically that's an indicator that something's coming up. And she said that she thought it was important for George and I to go so that way our thinking could expand, Mm -hmm. our faith could expand, and we could start to get ready to believe in a way that we never had before. And we needed to go and get in the house to get that faith activated. But logic would have said, well, she told us to go, so giving us approval, Mm -hmm. and that's not what it was at all. Not at all. No, and that's where you go back and you find confirmation. And there's a a really good example that I've used many times going back to going back to that is, you know, can you fly a plane without radio communication with the ground? Yes, you can, but they can see stuff on their equipment you can't see. Mm-hmm. The question is not can you, would you want to? Right. You know, especially like if you were in the clouds. So most people want to believe that they're never in the clouds in their spiritual walk. But I believe when we get to heaven, we're going to find out we were in the clouds most of the time. And so you're gambling a lot of things on what you think is actually true when we're seeing through a glass darkly. But here's the question, whether or not we're in the spiritual clouds or not, we can have the confirmation and have... Uh, the confirmation and the resolve by simply humbling ourselves yeah. to our leaders. Yeah. We, can, we can say, no, this is the right thing to do. And so you, you can take things and assume things. See, that would be a bias. It's great that you recognize the lack of peace on that. Uh, but that's where you want to bring it back and say, hey, what's this, what's this information? What am I seeing? And you mentioned it, you know, a shepherd, basically, if you look at the the height of a sheep versus the height of a shepherd. A shepherd can see further because of because of his status, because of his rank. He can see further, and uh, he's generally been there before too. He knows the traps. Yeah. Most things that people walk through today, after being a pastor, you know. And I was I was ministering before I was a pastor, but after being a pastor for eleven years. Most things that trip people up today, I see them coming yeah. months before they do. And because I've seen them before, I know what the markers are. I know what it looks like. And I'll have a supernatural leading on yeah. the inside yeah. of me. 
and I'll see those things happening, and I'll try to warn them, but here's what I find, is most of the time when you try to get somebody to wake up to those things, they, won't, they don't want to believe, just like I didn't want to believe that that couple was disconnected, mm -hmm. they don't want to believe that they could miss it. Right. Well, what is that? That's pride, yep. which is the opposite of humility, which okay. is the opposite of receiving grace. And so in order to receive grace, we must stay in the places of submission to authority and humility and hunger. We must stay there all the time. And th these are the very simple things, but they trip people up almost every day. I watch it all the time. I, I've gotten frustrated because I'm like, Lord, I want to help people. It's like, you can't help them until they decide to get humble. You can't. Until they won't help, you just keep feeding them. Yep. And th this is a great point. And John, go to... Um, John chapter 21. So in John 21, if you remember this, the setup here, and I believe this is right. Find, which verse is the feed my sheep? I'm still getting there. If you go to John 21. 15. Yeah. So here you see uh, in verse 15. There, Jesus has now died and resurrected. He's shown up to the disciples. They're waiting, basically, for the day of Pentecost. Y'all get ready for Pentecost. It's yeah. going to be awesome. Yes. And so here he is, and he's sitting on the shore, but they don't know it's him. They get frustrated. They go back to their comfort zone. Let's go fishing. And the other ones say, Peter says that. Other ones go, yeah, let's go fishing. We know what to do there. So they go out. They don't know what to do. They don't catch any fish. And then Jesus shouts from the shore, throw it on the other side. <laughs> this is like a pastor. This is like a pastor every few Sunday mornings when the power of God flows through them. And it's like, hey, I still know what I'm doing. You know, and Jesus reminded them, hey, throw it on the other side. See, that, those signs are there all the time, but people don't. They're like, no, I got this. I can do it myself. I'm a grown-up Christian yeah. now. It's not designed. Yeah, you're a grown-up Christian, but we're designed to be interdependent on each other. Yes. The blessing, yeah. you know, uh, Galatians 3.8, the Lord preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham saying, through you yes. all the nations would be blessed. <laughs> Through you. In other words, it was through yeah. people. Yeah. Through people. That's how a lot of the blessing takes place. That's yeah. God's design. And so here he is. He says, throw the net on the other side. And the disciples throw the net on the other side. Lo and behold, there's a big catch of fish. Wow. And then I love it uh, because as soon as that happens, he said to him, cast the net on the right, verse 6, cast the net on the right hand side of the boat and you'll find a catch. So the cast, and they were not able to haul it in because of the great number of fish. Therefore, the disciple whom Jesus loved, John, said to Peter, it is the Lord. So when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put his outer garment on, for he was stripped for the work, and he threw himself into the sea. See, I love this. Oh, man. He said, I'm done with what's been my natural. I'm done. I'm done. With what's been my comfort zone. I'm after Jesus. Forget fishing. Yeah. I'm get, getting all my stuff. I'm done with this. I'm retired for fi from fishing for good. Yeah. He recognized this is Jesus. He jumped out of the boat. I, I, would, I would say he recognized he probably shouldn't have even been there. But he, he got out of the boat. And here he is. 
he goes down. And in verse 15, uh, he goes up. Jesus already has uh, food there. He says, when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Now, a lot of people think that it's the disciple, but the context of all of this is his work. It's the, it's the fish, right? So he's saying, do you love me more than basically what's made you a living all your life? Do you love me more than your comfort zone? Do you love me more than your habits? Right. Do you, are you going to keep going back to what's your norm? Or are you going to go forward? Yeah. Are you going to trust me? Do you love me more or do you like these fish more? Do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord. You know that I love you. He said, tend my lambs. Now, watch this. So the New American Standard, it actually brings some of this out. But a lot of it, it you just see it as feed my sheep, feed my sheep, feed my... might say feed my lambs, but watch this. Here it says lambs. Tend my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, shepherd my sheep. And it's a different word, different shepherd and sheep, both different. Then he said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? Which also is a, it's a complete restoration for Peter because he denied them three times. So now he's getting three times in front of the Lord's face to show him his heart and everything he's got. It's complete restoration here for Peter. This is what empowered him on the day of Pentecost to preach like a house of fire and see over 3,000 saved. He got restored by the Lord. Glory to God. Whew, we've all been that Peter at some time, it seems like. Yes. He said to them, Lord, you, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, tend my sheep. So if you look at these original verbs, or original words, you'll find something very interesting. Number one, he's, here's what he says. If you love me, Peter, and, and hear this in the voice of a shepherd with sheep. So he's talking to a pastor as well. And he's talking to not just a pastor, he's talking to a leader. Yeah. And this is a very good concept for a leader. This, this right here would have saved me a lot of heartache in the early years of pastoring. Thank the Lord he showed it to me. When you see this, you have to understand he's talking about the words change several times. The first thing he says is this. If you love me, what he says is, feed my lambs. That's, if I could break down the original word. Feed my lambs. Give them the nutrients they need to grow. Then he says, the last one is feed my sheep. So it's feed my grown sheep. Yeah. Okay. So give them, it's the same word, give them the nutrients they need to grow. But then the middle one is actually saying this. It's different from the other. Shepherd or oversee the grown sheep. Now, you'll notice, so he says two different things to the grown sheep. Feed them, give them what they need to grow, and two, oversee their lives and shepherd them, okay? But what he doesn't say is oversee or shepherd the lambs. Now, why is that? Because you try to grab a hold of a lamb in his youth without maturity and shepherd them, you're going to find yourself in a fight. They're not mature enough to receive the shepherding. They're not mature enough to receive the oversight in their lives. And so what Jesus tells us right here is just keep feeding them. Just keep every Sunday giving them the food that they need to grow. Eventually, they'll grow up to sheep. And when they grow up to that maturity, then 
oversee their lives. Yeah. Then start to shepherd them. And so what we see is that the re- what Jesus is getting at is many people don't have proper oversight because of a lack of maturity in their spiritual life. They don't want to humble themselves to a leader they just want to be fed, and that's what a lot of people mess up in. And so many times that's where, where people are at. And, and, and so when I first started pastoring, I just tried to oversee everybody's life and shepherd everybody that ever came to the church. I tried to give them everything, and the Lord corrected me and said, you're doing it wrong, and you're actually hurting them, and you're not doing what I told you to do because you're trying to give and force feed everybody instead of letting them grow to the place where they come and desire. Remember what Jesus said to the disciples, follow me. Now, the disciples then had to say, I want to follow you. I want to. That little change changes everything because that I want to, I want to receive from you, that puts us in the place of humility and that lets grace flow. See, without humility, it's like the valve of grace is turned off over our life. And pride goes before fall because there's no grace there to, uh, you know, deliver them. Yeah. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. I hope this has helped you. <laughs> I didn't, were there any other uh, questions or anything? I don't think so. Amen. Amen. Well, if you have any questions, make sure to let us know. And we love you and hope you enjoyed it today. And um, do you all have anything to add to that before we finish up? I don't think so. Y'all set? I finished it kind of on a high, I guess. (laughs) Well, if you would like to give today and sow into uh, the gospel being spread through What's Right, you're welcome to on Facebook. You can do hashtag donate and the amount that you would like to give. If you're anywhere else, you can do uh, bcgive.org. You're welcome to give. You don't have to. We do this... uh, free to anybody who wants to uh, be a part of it, but we invite you to if you'd like GiveBC.org. to. Give BC.org. Did I say it wrong? GiveBC.org. It's, it's on the graph. Yeah, right read. <laughs> you just wanted to do that again. Oh, absolutely. It's the only reason <laughs> yes, sir. broadcast today. You wanted to be Bano. <laughs> no. So going I back, like go ahead. Going back to 1 Samuel 23, what you see is exactly what the Lord said would happen. When, hear this, when David inquired yeah. of the Lord yeah. yes. what the Lord said happened. He yeah. was empowered with resolve. There was provision in the word of the Lord. And so when he inquired, he also got provision. So not only does it release grace, but he says, man shall live in Matthew 4, 4. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So when somebody inquires, they get a word. And that word will give them the power uh, to go and do accomplish that. So David, verse 5, the Lord told him he would give the Philistines. David and his men went to Keilah and fought with the Philistines. And he led away their livestock and struck them with great slaughter. Thus David delivered the inhabitants of Keilah. Here's one other thing I want you to see about a leader. And that's this. Thank you, uh, Priscilla, for that uh, sowing. In Jesus' name, may it be blessed, pressed down, shaken together. May the seed that you just sowed, Lord, let it be supernaturally multiplied. In Jesus' name, thank you, Father. Let it be pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into her life. In Jesus' name, amen. You'll notice this about David. 
is that even when he was being hunted for all the wrong reasons, he was still a deliverer of the people. He was still serving the people, even at a cost of his own life. That's what a leader is. It's serving the people. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Anything else, you guys? No, sir. Well, I'm so glad y'all were here today. That was awesome. I yes. know I, I called George at like, you know, 45 minutes before we started and said, hey, you want to be on the broadcast? So he, he got ready and he did good. Quick. Absolutely. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you. We love you. We love y'all so much. Thank you so much for being with us and uh, share the broadcast, help somebody else grow and to be the leader that God wants them to be yeah. so that they can fulfill their destiny. Yes. And we just praise God for you. Can you go back through the playlist. We ha are like 22 episodes <laughs> in, so you've got yeah. a lot to catch up on. You can go mm -hmm. back anytime and watch them free, either on Facebook or on YouTube. We'd love for you to do that. And if you have any questions, send us a message to the What's Right page and we'll get back to you as soon as we can. Amen. And Miss Randy said, God bless you. God bless y'all too. Have yes. a great trip where you're heading back home. We love you. Bye bye. See y'all. See y'all tomorrow at noon. Bye guys. Bye.